0: Detroit,
1: strange.
0: Energy. Energy. Energize.
1: Energize.
0: Energize.
1: Energize. Namaste. <laughs> I love saying Namaste.
0: What Does Namaste? That oh, okay, Namaste. Now yeah. I understand. Yeah. I was like, "Is that French?" <laughs>
1: it's right, not French. I stole it from um this Australian woman who was like on TV. It was like she's the like there was a viral clip. Are we recording or not? I don't, we are okay. recording
0: right now. Okay. I was about to count us down to actually intro, but this I'm enjoying this story.
1: Okay. There's this like Australian woman who hosts like I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, like Australian and South African version because some reason that's the same TV region. Okay. Every introduction, there's like all her crazy introductions. Like mm-hmm. she's like, "Hi, I'm so and so." Uh, 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 hologram. Like she's like, like uh-huh, trying to yeah. glitching out, but yeah. this one she's like, "Hi, I'm the yoga instructor, so and so." Amazed. <laughs> and
0: welcome to Detroit Strange. Yeah, welcome. This podcast.
1: The one that you're listening to. Already. The one without the proper nouns, just that she did this one thing, in this one place at this one time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's our story for today. Good night.
1: (laughs) Thanks for listening.
0: We're recording on a wild Saturday night. I know. The fireworks are booming everywhere. Maybe. <laughs> I ugh, I, got I don't shit know.
1: Scared out of me because the neighbor across the street just like lit a firecracker out of nowhere. I was like getting out of my car. I'm like, what the fuck? was? I'm like, oh, OK. yep, yeah, it is that time of year.
0: I mean, yeah. Do you prescribe to fireworks?
1: Um, I used to be more into them when I was younger. Yeah. I was like, like kind of a pyro and like you could, you know, they didn't care. They'd sell fireworks to kids. So we'd always get some like random ass fireworks and then just put them off in the street kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But now I'm kind of uh, the mindset you've seen one firework show. You kind of seen them all. They go, boom, there's pretty colors. Yeah. And,
0: like, I mean, I've been to a few in my life. I'd say that were like, they were definitely more interesting as a kid. Cause yeah. it was, You know, you're staying out late or whatever. Yeah. And you know, the you get a picnic blanket with your family or whoever you're going yeah. with and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's been probably years since I've seen them now. Yeah. And I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um it's a weird holiday anyway. <laughs> yeah. I like especially right now. Yeah, absolutely. So um not feeling very celebratory or patriotic. <laughs> or patriotic at the moment. No. Uh there's a lot going on and I'm not a fan of most of it. So Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. <laughs> one thing that like didn't get a chuckle out of me recently was like in one of I like read this newsletter every day called The Morning brew. That's like a scam of the email or not a skim of the emails, a skim of like the news articles of the oh, day. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And like they're talking about like, we'll have one tomorrow, but on Monday we'll be sweating out all the mayonnaise we ate this weekend. <laughs> and it just got me thinking of like literally all the like Everything that doesn't go on the grill has mayonnaise in it, I feel like. And then the things you do that salads. are on the grill, you put mayonnaise on. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm not a big fan of mayonnaise either, to be honest. I mean, I don't dislike it necessarily, but I never add it to anything because I don't really think it does
1: much. I love it on a burger. Mm. I like it on a sandwich. Mm. It's in deviled eggs.
0: I do like deviled eggs, although deviled eggs made with avocado is actually really good too.
1: Ooh, I used to make them with like a chipotle aioli instead of mayo and then honey mustard. Yeah, (laughs) I know. It's still mayo, but it's chipotle flavored.
0: It's fancy mayo. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's things that mayo is in that I enjoy, but I don't ever add it to
1: things. Yeah. Uh,
0: I'm the same with sour cream too, actually. Okay. Yeah. I I like it on like
1: tacos and stuff.
0: Mm -mm. I don't want it. Fair like if it's already there or something like I'm not like ew this is ruined but it doesn't yeah. add anything for me so I'm like nah. Yeah. I don't want it. Was it more of like a street taco person? Yeah. And that's not part of that situation usually. Yeah, usually it's usually just not the cilantro. super authentico
1: <laughs> to put the sour cream on the tacos but, I think. But
0: but crema is.
1: Yeah. That's one thing. I
0: do like that more actually.
1: Yeah. I I used to buy it. <laughs> the store (laughs) it sounds a lot more appetizing than sour cream (laughs) this cream that went sour you want to slap it on some shit delicious yeah
0: (laughs) but yeah i don't know why i just never really got into them i do once in a while i do like a good potato salad
1: i was just about to ask you your feelings on potato salad so
0: here's the thing there's ones that i don't like at all for sure like Uh many store-bought ones are not great yeah a nice like deli made one is probably going to be good. Mm-hmm. I didn't think I liked potato salad that much though. And then I went camping with roommate Lisa last year a lot because we went for two and a half weeks and our main meal ended up being like potato salad and then some sort of meat on a stick to cook, like uh-huh. some sort of sausage or something like yeah. that. And now I apparently I like potato salad because then it was like, that was a lot of potato salad. And I got home. I was like, I kind of want potato salad. I was like, "Who am I?" I was never into it before.
1: See, I feel like that's like I feel like I tolerate potato salad. I'm never like, mm, potato salad." I'm like, mm, "Well, this is on my plate. I guess I'll take a couple bites."
0: Hmm. Although I did have one one time, like, like a this is how long it was like fifteen years ago, and I still remember it. Uh and it was a fingerling potato and gorgonzola potato salad, well, and that, that was tasty. pretty tasty.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
0: bougie potato salads only, please. No.
1: Yeah, I have this chicken re- chicken macaroni salad recipe that I think I love, and I do enjoy it for like the first day or two. Mm-hmm. But then, because I'm one person, and mm, it makes yeah, it makes a mm-hmm. family sized pasta salad, But I usually end up eating it, and by like day three or four, I'm like I. I make it once a year basically, and then that's all I can handle. That makes sense. As other Jess would say, it's one of the weird Midwestern recipes in my cookbook <laughs> where it's like, cause like the sauce is like miracle whip and half and half. Oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's wild. All right. All right. Uh huh. And then it's like peas, carrots, and then boiled chicken chunked up.
0: Okay. You know what? If it floats your boat,
1: yeah. Have at it yeah year one time a year. Right. I think the other part of it one time a year, cause like when you make it, you're like, God, this is a lot of fucking just like half and half and miracle whip.
0: Yeah. That sounds like a lot.
1: <laughs> just you mixed, yeah, you, you know, you add the half and half to thin the miracle whip out so it's a little bit runnier. And then you pour it <laughs> over the, the pasta. And it's just if you're
0: not making it sound more appealing. I
1: know that voice does not help.
0: <laughs> no. Uh well. Yeah. It's okay. After this weekend, all the pasta and potato salads will. Go. No, we still have, uh Labor Day.
1: Oh yeah, we still got plenty of plenty of pasta 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 salad, salad season. season. Although I'd argue, you welcome to pasta, to salad. pasta salad season. <laughs> yeah, welcome to pasta salad. Strange. <laughs> we might have just named this episode. Yeah. Oh. Oh.
0: This is not an update, but I just need to mention this. Remember how I was really excited about that new Bigfoot show? Yeah. So last Sunday I was so excited to start
1: it. Uh Uh-huh. It
0: wasn't a show, it was an hour-long special.
1: It was a (laughs) one-off. I was like, oh no, is it not good? No, it was good. It was it was very entertaining.
0: Well then I found out because it's called Night of Terror. And I found out that
1: That is a singular title name.
0: Well, it's Bigfoot Night of Terror. Jack Osborne has done two other nights of terror. Uh Uh-huh. One of them with his whole family. Uh Uh-huh. And then one of them with just his sister on the Queen Mary and I do Long love Beach. his sister. It was actually, they were all really good.
1: Yeah. Because
0: <laughs> I did, they of course, watch fun them. They are family. Yeah. Like.
1: They're like, kind of like a little crazy, but they all, you can tell they all love each other and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, I really enjoy watching them. Yeah. I, it's not something I ever would have expected. Yeah. But I, I hope there are more Knights of Terror because. Yeah. <laughs> I liked all three of them. Love this for you. <laughs> The only reason I mentioned it is because I was editing and I was like, oh, yeah, that's I, not a show.
1: I was listening to our most recent episode when I was driving out to my parents' house. Oh, really? Yeah. What's it and like to listen to it? It's fun. I like. <laughs> I would you give like it five stars? I would. I would definitely <laughs> give it five stars. It sometimes feel a little self-indulgent, like, oh, let me listen to myself talk.
0: But like. It's it probably is, a good thing to do it sometimes. No, though. it
1: is because it kind of like. It kind of keeps me in check. Like, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Well, it's good to review stuff that you've done. Maybe not yeah. like every time or something, yeah. but, you know, it's the same thing with like, I don't know, any kind of show or performance as well. It's yeah. really good to be able to, it's good to reflect on what yeah. you've done.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. But the reason I brought it up, cause like there is some, there were like two things that I was supposed to remind you of. Part of the episode I was like, I'll remind you. And then I thought about texting. I'm like, well, she just edited this. She probably remembers because she just edited it. Now I can't remember it. So I might have to go back and listen again.
0: Please do. Cause yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. But yeah, I do. I well, I text you a lot when I'm editing yeah. because stuff comes up and I'm like, oh yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I wish I could remember now, but another thing. So I listened to our podcast on the way out to my parents. And uh-huh. that's where I was this like this weekend. I it was nice. I actually had like a really Nice start to my long weekend. I met That's up with awesome. my friend Alex um, at Ikea for lunch Fine. yesterday. So that was nice. And I always love an Ikea trip. Oh, yeah. It was funny. We were walking out of there because I bought like a nonstick pan mm-hmm. and then eight sleeves of cookies. <laughs> <laughs> two of them were for her. The other six were for me. Okay. I left two at my parents' house, so I only ended up with four Okay. But basically It just turned into me Walking out of Ikea Holding a pan by the handle And just eight sleeves Of cookies in the pan And my friends Alex was like Do you need help with that? I'm like no I'm good And then immediately drop like half the cookies Oh no But it we were Just cracking up Because it was just ridiculous Yeah Just walking around Ikea With a pan full Little of cookies, cookies. Yep <laughs> Yeah, and then so like today I was hanging out with the family and like got to see my aunt Debbie and Uncle John, which another fa- more family members I don't get to see too often. So it was nice seeing them. Nice. Yeah. I do want to touch on something that I said last week. It's oh, not yeah. a correction; it's a reinforcement of fact. Okay. It's about Prophet Jones. Yes, which I'm sure everyone remembers. Yes. Every time I said six million, everyone was flabbergasted. And I was flabbergasted when I read it. And I was like, "I'm like, did I just like read that wrong? Because that seems like a crazy yeah. number. And so I went back to the source and it's from our Detroit. Okay. And I just want to read the like, actual line. Okay. Because it's just crazy. By 1955, Jones was boasting of... 425 thankful centers around the country with a combined membership of 6 million. In reality, there were about 50 self-governing churches, none with more than a few hundred members. Thankful Center number 1 in Detroit was the largest.
0: Okay, so he was lying about the numbers?
1: No, it sounds like like the membership was combined Six million.
0: Oh, okay okay i see but it
1: was spread out across the country and like there were 50 churches that were self-governing and so like they were like part of it but not like directly under his control oh, okay so
0: still though that's, that's, that's entirely canonical. too many people yeah yeah, still
1: wild i told the story to a few people because i was just again yeah like amazed that nobody had heard of this yeah and it, every time i got to six million i was like six million i'm like yeah six million <laughs> So just wanted to reinforce that six million. Because it's bonkers. Bonkers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Uh no Reinforcement. Problem. Yeah. This has been a reinforcement roundup.
1: Yes. <laughs> well, since we just did a reinforcement roundup, the first ever. Yes.
0: Mark this date. <laughs> yes.
1: This is what we'll celebrate next year. The 2nd of July. To oh, they're to the, doing- first, the first uh, reinforcement roundup.
0: Every time we hear a firework.
1: Yeah. It's because well, of this. Yeah. We'll know that mm-hmm. they're celebrating that we reinforce Reinforcement roundup. Yeah. <laughs> well, now that we've reinforced. You we want to dive into part three?
0: Yes, please.
1: Part three of three. Yeah. The finale, if you will. Finale. So we're going to start off in
0: 1981. Woot, woot. We're in the 80s. Yeah. Yes.
1: yes. So 1981, Detroit female impersonator Jennifer Fox, aka Robert Bruno wins the Miss Gay America title. Oh. And I thought I'd throw this in there because I feel like a lot of people don't know about the pageant scene. Mm-hmm. Because there's like, like quite a few drag pageants around the country and like at a global scale. Like yeah. there's like a bunch of them, which is crazy because yeah. like I don't think about it all the time, but then like I'll hear about pageants and stuff, and I'm like, that is crazy.
0: Well, I'm aware of them because of too long food. Thanks for everything. Newmar. Yeah. Cool Numar. yeah. <laughs> that is my, but like that kind of stuff is real. It's crazy. Yeah, no. And that does make sense. But also like 1981, I don't know when they started or anything. Oh, and I'm sure I was going to say, time. I'm sure it's far before that too. Uh, but it is nice, you know, to yeah. have like a, a winner from here as well. So yeah. I'm glad you added that in.
1: Yeah. So also happening in 1981, Douglas dunes, the infamous gay resort opens in Saugatuck. One year later, the resort would host the first Michigan Transgender Conference.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah.
1: 1982, Ann Arbor opens their P flag chapter. Mm-hmm. In 1983, the Railroad Crossing opens at an eight mile in Detroit. This bar would later become the Rainbow Room.
0: Oh, we've talked about that before. Yeah. I don't know what episode in, but we did.
1: Call back to something. Yep. <laughs> So also in 1983, the Wellness Networks Inc. is established in Detroit to help with the AIDS epidemic. Mm. Uh, 1984, Ameritech bans the words gay and lesbian in the Yellow Pages for the Detroit version of the book. Say what? Yeah. So we're not allowed in the phone book that year, apparently. Uh. Yeah. And a little apology because like this, there's a lot of downers and there's a lot of short downers. I mean, Which is, but it's good to know. That's
0: also just history in general. I mean, a lot yeah. of history is
1: <laughs> right. not great. You know, you read a history book and it's not like everyone got along mm-hmm. and everything was great and we've all prospered together. <laughs> so also in 1984, Gay Computer Club and Bulletin Board Service Studs 30 starts in Detroit.
0: Studs 30. Yeah. What a name.
1: I just love that there was a gay computer club. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I feel
0: like somebody needs to start that up again. Right? Unless they're still going strong. I did not mean to assume no, that No, I don't not. think they probably are. Okay.
1: I have another bullet point about like a gay dating website, like, like late 80s, early 90s. And it's just kind of like, wow. Internet dating kind of before it was a mainstream thing, but it kind of mm-hmm. makes sense because the gay population's a lot smaller than the hetero population. Yeah. And so finding and harder to find too.
0: And honestly, too, I mean, there was like as well, there was like video dating and stuff like that, too, which is kind of a precursor to Internet. dating because it's like, here's this little snippet Mm -hmm. of a human. Are you interested? Kind of a deal.
1: I just remember the Mad TV spoof of expectations. Me
0: too. That's exactly. I was thinking of that. And then I was also thinking of a Saved by the Bell episode where they made video dating.
1: Oh, my God. Have you ever seen the YouTube series Zach Morris is trash? Yes, I love that series. Accurate. <laughs> oh yeah, another callback here in 1984. Gay professor at Wayne State University is found mm, murdered in his um, home. Callback to episode 114 about Philip Tracy, which is one that you did.
0: Yeah, that's you haven't was, heard it,
1: and you're enjoying these episodes. Go back and listen to it because it's great. Yeah, not the murder, obviously, no, no, but no, no. the episode coverage mm. of it. Also 1984, the Nectarine opens on East Liberty in Ann Arbor. The Nectarine. Do you have any guess what that became?
0: Oh, um, I'm blanking right now.
1: Necto. Thank you. I was yeah.
0: like, I, I could see like the ad <laughs> like in my yeah. head for it, but I couldn't get to the name.
1: Yeah. So I found an excerpt from a local wiki page for it and quote, the Nectarine Ballroom will emerge in its place, a high-fashion dance club with disc jockeys, video screens, top-quality liquor, and a new dance floor and sound system, also known for its teen night. Oh! Can you imagine Necto being a high-fashion dance club with disc jockeys, video screens, top-quality liquor? No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that it was at some point, but it's not the Necto I know and love. <laughs> I haven't been into Necto in a while, though. I don't... I retract that love. I don't know if I would feel the same way I would in no. my early 20s.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like that's a place that, like, you just don't and go a, to after a while.
1: <laughs> yeah, no.
0: Let the youngins have it. Yep. Pass it on.
1: It's perfect for what it is. Yes, exactly. 1985, a person with AIDS in Genesee County spits and is charged with attempted murder. What the fuck? Yep.
0: I, no. No.
1: He received two years probation for allegedly spitting at police, and the charge was eventually thrown out after experts were like, that's not even kind of how you get AIDS. At least somebody, you know, set them straight. But But just kind of like shines a light on how shittily gay people are being treated during the AIDS epidemic, which is not news to anybody, but just kind of like charged with attempted murder for spitting.
0: Yeah, well, how badly they were being treated and also just how... um,
1: Nobody cared that the whole generation was dying.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And how undereducated people
1: are... Even to this day, there's still a stigma around HIV status. Even though there's plenty of medications, there's medications to... Prevent. There's medications to prevent. And there's also medications that people who have HIV take to become undetectable yeah and undetectable means it's untransmittable yeah so it's completely safe to have sex with them but there's just still such the stigma stigma and just mm-hmm. kind of like like they're dirty or like you know and it's really sad because it's just it's shitty you don't want to like make these people feel shitty
0: no and it's just like many things very it it was very misunderstood and people took that kind of the fear portion of it, yeah, and they ran with it instead of, like you said, like caring about a whole population of people, right, going through things. And I mean, there, there were small pockets of support, yeah, obviously, but it was just, I don't, I just don't understand when people don't care about other people.
1: And you just hear these stories. Like I remember hearing this story about it was in the Book of Circus documentary uh netflix mm-hmm. which is a great documentary if you haven't seen it uh it's about this gay book store in west hollywood that's kind of mm-hmm. historical and like it was like a big part of the community there mm-hmm. i think it's still there actually but there was a story where like this gay man who worked at the store was literally dying and the owner of the store called his mother and she was like i want nothing to do <sighs> with it and like just shit like that or like i know people who are like yeah i like I love her, died in my arms type of thing. And I'm yeah. just, it just like, I know that like, that's not the whole story. Like, it's not what we want to focus on when we talk about the gay community. Cause it, but it is like a big, it was a big tragedy and like, just kind of, yeah, it was, yeah.
0: Well, and again, it comes, it, it, it comes down a lot to, too. Like this is already happening and this is very difficult to deal with because there wasn't the medications and things then obviously, yeah. Uh, but then, on top of that, just uh, society's like treatment, yeah, or not society, but like a lot of people's treatment of yeah. individuals going through that at the same time, like yeah, kind of that—that's the heartbreaking part, and, yeah, yeah.
1: Like it's something we don't need to like focus on, but it's definitely something we need to remember.
0: Yeah. Well, and it, I mean, how many times in history does that happen though, too, where yeah. there's like a fear over something, or people misunderstand something, or don't. Educate themselves and or the the population isn't educated to understand. Yeah. Because a lot of times, you know, there's a lot of propaganda against things, too.
1: Yeah. That's
0: misaligned. Yeah. And it misrepresents situations, but people take it in. Yeah. And I mean, how many times even in recent times, like, have we seen things yeah. like that? There's there's so many. Just gross misconduct. Of other human beings. Yeah. And it's not okay.
1: No, not at all. And just like, I don't know, especially like with the gay community and just what's happening in our country right now. We just like can't forget our history and we need to like remember that we had to fight for these rights that we're probably going to start losing soon and that we're probably going to start fighting again. So.
0: Well, I mean, right now is. I mean, we haven't talked about Roe v. Wade on here at all yet, but yeah, mostly because I've kind of been numb (laughs) a little bit with this situation, reeling from it. And it is one of those situations where it's much bigger than even just like women's reproductive rights, because it does kind of lead down this like hallway of like, could this affect other populations? Is there, you know, this targeting next thing? Yeah, and it's just again it's very unfortunate that people want to control other people's personal lives in this way, because the personal, the only control factors for me, like don't hurt other people. Right. So if we can, you know, put controls around not hurting other people, I'm for that. That's great. Yeah. That, and don't hurt animals. (laughs) Like throw them in there. That makes too. but beyond that, like, (laughs) there's like a lot of
1: and just like I feel like a lot of people's objection to it is based on religious beliefs and And your religious beliefs shouldn't dictate what I can do to my body no separation of church and state like that's right you can be against abortion on a personal level but like yeah I don't care if you're against abortion don't get an abortion yeah yeah
0: the other thing with all these things too is that it's so much and it's been proven time and time again. It's so much more dangerous to take uh, these options away from people mm-hmm. because if it's some, not going
1: to decrease the occurrence. It's just going to make it more dangerous. Exactly. Yeah.
0: And also when you and even kind of what we're talking about, too, if uh, like gay rights get taken away, mm-hmm. it's not going to stop people from loving other people. Yeah. That's not how they work. It's not gonna stop. It's just gonna make it more
1: dangerous for them.
0: Exactly. And what is the point of that for anybody? Right. Why? Why? It doesn't make any sense.
1: Don't get gay married. Like it's just like stop putting your personal religious preferences on me.
0: For real. It doesn't my existence. Yeah. It doesn't make it's just very frustrating because, you know, especially because these things are in place and then getting taken back. Like that's even like What?
1: Yeah, right. Because like, it's just it's not hard to see. Because like, we only got marriage equality in twenty fifteen. Um, I'll get to this later. So
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to digress. We just
1: we. I feel like that was a necessary tangent. Get Mm -hmm. some of that out and just. Unfortunately, we've got more to go in the '80s. That's gonna be the '80s were rough. Yeah, and and it's weird. the '90s were pretty rough too. Um, I'm not as surprised by that actually. Yeah, they're kind
0: of just like an overspill of the '80s.
1: Yeah. Well, we're still in 1985, and James Martin, U of M law professor, becomes the first AIDS-related death in Washington County we're kind of getting to the point where there's like a lot of things happening in the year. So I'm just going to say the year and then just kind of yeah, like yeah, yeah. WDIV TV station in Detroit cancels an appearance of William Townsend because of the camera crew's fear of AIDS. Oh my gosh. 1986 in Battle Creek, David Stewart attempts to use the gay panic defense in a murder trial for Wayne Waltz. The jury rejects it though, just to kind of discuss what the gay panic defense is for those who are not well-versed with this garbage and it is still it's not as prevalent with the gay panic defense but unfortunately we're seeing it a lot with the trans community but basically the defense is when you find out someone's gay or trans or they come on to you or something that you go temporarily insane and murder them and then that's just fine that's the defense yep oh well of course a man winked at you and so you had like you wouldn't get like you just Got went and temporarily they, yeah. insane and murdered him, and that's just fine. And that's not how
0: that happens. Yeah, at all. Yeah, you're allowed to say no to people, and right? Then that's fine, right? And unless they are physically attacking you, right? Mm-mm.
1: Yeah. So, still in 1986, still in Kalamazoo, actually, a jury accepts a gay panic defense from a group of teens who murdered Wayne Watson. The judge did not agree with the jury's acquittal and went on to say that, quote, This is the first time in almost 12 years on the bench that I felt I would strongly have differed with the jury. I would have found first-degree murder if it had been a bench trial. The main defendant was a 17-year-old boy by the name of Terry B. Kerr, who along with two acquaintances beat Watson, who was 32, to death. The defense had claimed that Watson had made a sexual proposition to Elbin, then grabbed between his legs. That's when Kerr, quote, took whatever actions were necessary to cease his attack, including striking or kicking, and that Alvin had hit him with a log. The prosecution had a different story that Kerr had kicked Watson, quote, mercilessly and with steel toe boots until mm. blood sprayed from his face. Oh, God. Also had testimony from passing truck driver who said both were, quote, covered in human blood and that Kerr was, quote, celebrating the fact that they had kicked this man. Oh, oh. Based on another testimony, the prosecution claimed that Care had returned to the scene of the fight with a sledgehammer to finish off Watson.
0: Are you kidding
1: me? Yeah, because beating the shit out of him wasn't enough. The defense argued that the sledgehammer wasn't the fatal blow, but instead it was the log. So the fact that he went back for a sledgehammer to a probably dead man, didn't speak to the fact that this was not self-defense. Yeah. A jury acquitted these people. Care walked free. Literally no consequences.
0: So sad. Yep. Hmm. 1986,
1: from his home in Grand Blank, Bruce Hayes launches a gay computer dating service called Adam and Even More. Oh. Which I love that. And more. Yeah. Michigan Civil Rights Commission designates AIDS a handicap under state law. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> 1986, Pride marches in Detroit resume. A new state AIDS disclosure law makes it a felony to conceal HIV status from partners, sex partners. Which, yeah, I. That's a tricky. <laughs> yeah, I can kind of. I mean, yeah.
0: you're a horrible person if you're not upfront, you know, yeah. in that instance with any. But a felony. STD, but.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was 1988. Sorry, I didn't for that one. Also in 1988, new hate crime statute goes into effect, but not before state lawmakers removed sexual orientation from its protections. 1989, Affirmations opens in Burndale. Yay. Some, yeah. Something, something positive good. now. I know. <laughs> I, there's so. There's at least little pockets of. Yeah. Yeah. Good in here, but. 1989, the number of AIDS cases in Michigan passes 1000. Like literally think of how afraid people were when there's a thousand people between like the first AIDS death in Michigan was like 1985. And like Mm -hmm. it took four years to get to a thousand people and people are just like freaking out.
0: Yeah. Again, it goes back to people not understanding. Yeah. Even like how it's transmitted.
1: Yeah. Because I
0: know like a lot of people were afraid of like spit or whatever. And it's no.
1: Yeah. So in 1990, ACT UP targets U of M regent Dean Baker for anti-gay stance. Such a quick side journey on ACT UP. Do you know anything about ACT UP? I don't think so. Okay. So ACT UP stands for AIDS Coalition to Unleash Power. It was a grassroots group working to end the AIDS pandemic through direct action, medical research, treatment, and advocacy. They had a powerful poster that was all black except for a pink triangle with the words silence equals death.
0: Mm. I feel like I've seen that actually.
1: You probably have. It's a pretty like. Known. Well known.
0: Oh, there's a line in Rent about it. Yeah. Act up, fight it. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yep. So that's where that comes from.
0: (laughs) Thank you for explaining a lyric I've not fully understood. Yeah. I mean, act up. I just was like, oh yeah.
1: Yeah. No. So there's actual organization. Yeah. Another notable moment for the group was when some activists got into the studio of CBS Evening News in 1991 during Operation Desert Storm and shouted, AIDS is news, fight AIDS, not Arabs. While not as prevalent as they once were, the organization is still around today. Okay. Also in 1990, former owner of the Gold Coast Saloon, Bruce Detloff, is shot and killed in his own home. Detlef was a figure in the gay nightlife scene. He started in the 70s at the Conquest Lounge as a waiter and then worked his way up to manager. That's when he changed the bar by adding regular male dancers and scantily clad waiters on the floor. He also changed the name to Blue Boy Lounge. Okay. After this is when he opened the Gold Coast Saloon, which I don't know if you've ever heard of it or seen it. I think they just. Re- I think the pandemic took them out, unfortunately.
0: Okay. So I would I, have
1: loved to have gone there.
0: I've seen it written in some context, or it might have even come up in a story at some point.
1: Possibly, but so it was an opulent bar featuring crystal chandeliers, Ooh. large gold cupids, and of course, go-go dancers. Wonderful. Throughout his career, Detloff not only worked in or owned five gay bars around the city, but he also helped form the BTI or Bars and Towel Inc., which was an organization of gay business owners. Oh. BTI would eventually fold and be replaced by the Detroit Bar Guild. He would serve as president for a few years, but his most memorable moment was his entrance to a Detroit Bar Guild show at Rooster Tail. He turned heads as he was carried in, dressed as Cleopatra on a throne <laughs> by a flock of beefy go-go boys in gold bikinis. I love that. Right? <laughs> I don't think the crime was ever solved, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. All the articles just mentioned that he was found shot dead in his Palmer Park home and was found by a friend at 7 a.m. in the morning on December 29th, 1990. It sounded like they weren't even sure of the cause of death because there were multiple weapons found at the scene of the crime. Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: That's
1: that's I'm guessing they didn't try that hard.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh. Uh Uh-oh. This one. 1990. GM agrees to stop using the term, quote, little faggot trucks. What? In a promotional video. What? <laughs> yep. So this video is part of a presentation made for Chevy dealers and was used to reference foreign pickup trucks. Quote, There isn't no foreign company that makes any decent working pickup. It's either going to be big or some little faggot truck. I- in response to the backlash, Chevy exec at the time, Bob Beerley, had this to say, quote, There's probably no reason for us to offend any person or group. Probably. There's probably no reason.
0: That's not even like, that's, yeah. not, that's not an answer, sir.
1: I'm wondering if this is around the time they started their LGBT organization, which is called GM Plus, plus standing for people like us. Which I think maybe if this had been formed before this, that would have just been called GM. Fags are people, too. <laughs> so that's fun. Uh-huh. Also, so GM also this year issues a company-wide directive barring discrimination based on sexual orientation. So that's good, at least. Okay. Uh, 1990 Ann Arbor gets their own chapter of Act Up. Also, in that year, Wayne County Judge strikes down Michigan's sodomy and gross indecency statuses. Nineteen ninety-one, in a not that shocking revelation, Cracker Barrel is protested in Belleville over their anti-gay employment practices. Yeah, I mean, when
0: I learned that, it did break my heart. I'm not going to lie. Do you uh, like a Cracker Barrel? I well, it's a road trip food. So it's like always, like you're going on a road trip and you'll eat at the Cracker Barrel, and they did have good French toast. Not going to lie. However, when I found out, then I stopped. Yeah. But it was, I mean, I was a child when I was eating there, so I didn't no, know. No, for
1: sure. I yeah. remember liking it as a kid, but I remember I was in Indiana for a wedding and they're like, oh, let's go get Cracker Barrel breakfast, the people I was with. Uh-huh. And like, I'm like, all right. And they're just like raving about this breakfast. I mean, oh, go no, there. it's not that good. <laughs> no, it's not. It was not good at all. I was like, y'all, like, have you ever had breakfast before? This is garbage.
0: No, I mean, it was mostly that store.
1: Yeah. That was the like, the store was fun. You get some candy sticks for 10 Exactly.
0: Cents. It was the candy and then yeah. also the little wood games.
1: Yep. That the was the little, little golf yep. Tea one. Yep. yep.
0: Exactly. That's what it wasn't the food that was why you went. It was the store.
1: Yeah. So, also in 1991, Burndale voters in this year would have voted down a proposed civil rights ordinance that had protections for lesbians and gays, which mm-hmm. is kind of surprising. That that, but I also I don't Ferndale was just wasn't as gay. I was going to say as Ferndale's now.
0: changed a lot though since then. Yeah, in general, the whole metro area has changed yeah. drastically. I don't know what it was like then necessarily, but I know it's very different now.
1: Yeah. Also in 1991, Ipsy resident Steve Roberts loses his job after kissing his lover on a local talk show. Yowzers. Yep. 1992, mothers and co-founders of Affirmation, Susan Pittman and Christine Puckett, are murdered in their driveway oh. by their neighbor. Oh my gosh. The 66-year-old man said, quote, I had to do it. Rather than the story just slipping away as yet another violent act against the LGBT community for just trying to exist, it rallied the local LGBT community to hold vigils and public disclosures to bring attention to the violence faced by the LGBT members of the community. And that the gay panic defense was still being used in helping hold that prejudice and hate against the LGBT community firmly in place. Their actions were covered by the local media, helping to get their message out to, again, show the community the hatred the LGBT people were facing in it for just trying to live their lives. The two are memorialized in the form of the Pittman and Puckett Art Gallery. at affirmations.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. That's terrible.
1: Yeah. 1993, the first Southeast Michigan Pride Film Festival is held at the Magic Bag in Verndale. Fun. Yeah. I don't think it's still happening, but that'd be fun. I, <laughs> I don't think so. I don't. i like, yeah, I've never heard of it before, mm. but idea of a Pride Film Festival sounds right up my alley. Yeah. I was like, when I was talking to my friend Alex yesterday, she's like, I always appreciate how seriously you take your movies. I'm like, I didn't think I did, but I guess I do. I kind of do. Yeah. So 1995, the state fairgrounds are home to the city's first gay rodeo, which also sounds fantastic. Yeah. yeah.
0: Have you ever been to a rodeo?
1: I have not, but no, I'd love have to go I. to a gay rodeo. I it have would watched, be my first rodeo.
0: <laughs> I have watched them on TV. I was at a restaurant or bar or something one time, and they had like like serious rodeo on TV where it was like competitive with like the lassos and stuff like that. I seriously watched it for like an hour and a half and was like following it. It was wild. Yeah. I was like, this is more entertaining than I thought it would be.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I feel like, you know, there's skill. There's a lot of like, I could appreciate. I think I could appreciate a rodeo. I don't think it'd be my thing. No. But I could appreciate it.
0: No, that's exactly what that kind of was, was like, okay, sure. (laughs) Yeah. Not mine, but like, I get the appeal. Yeah. And it was on like ESPN seven or something. (laughs)
1: that's <laughs> right. espn 8, the ocho, ocho. yeah
0: <laughs> i almost said eight and then i was like that's a
1: that's, that's not a
0: real thing and that's a joke
1: yeah uh i wonder have you heard of the jenny jones show yes okay i know who jenny jones is okay The so next bullet point has to do with her show oh, do you know
0: yes i know this story i yeah. know exactly what story this story is yeah yeah yeah
1: Scott Amager is murdered three days after taping an episode of The Jenny Jones Show. So Jenny Jones, for those of you who don't know, was one of those 90s tabloid talk shows that were popular at the time. The episode in question was filmed on March 6, 1995, when Jonathan Schmitz was brought on the show under the guise of him having a secret admirer. Before he was brought out, his secret admirer, Scott Amager, was encouraged to share his fantasies about Schmitz. Schmitz was then brought out and then told that Amager was his secret admirer. In response, Schmitz laughed and stated that he was definitely not homosexual. After the trial, a friend stated that Amager and Schmitz went out for a drink and there was an alleged sexual encounter. Three days after this, Amager decides to leave a, quote, suggestive note at Schmitz's house. I mean, at this point, it seems like his feelings were somewhat reciprocated if they had a sexual encounter. Or at least, like, there's something
0: this is a very complicated one too cuz one one thing too when he's on the show mm-hmm. um the way that they like taped it and like brought it out mm-hmm. cuz also a, how do you say amateur i think it's amateur amateur okay that's how
1: i've been saying it um
0: he also had a friend of his with him mm-hmm. on stage and it was a woman uh-huh and so the way that they brought him out too they kind of almost let him think that it's the woman who's going to admit it first mm-hmm. and then it's I am yeah, amateur. I, I I don't know the name, how to say it off the head, top of my head. I don't head.
1: know if I'm saying it right either, but
0: so they do like a bait and switch too, which is yeah. just even more like, yeah, just everything about that show's premise was so problematic too,
1: yeah. And I don't think very up just times. everything about
0: this story is terrible, but like the, the show was so problematic yeah Uh, and in the delivery of it i mean it should have never been the topic like that
1: yeah that's not
0: how you admit to somebody that like you have feelings or even just the hots for them or like whatever the case yeah you don't do it on a um talk show a talk show should not be asking you to do that yeah rather but yes i'm sorry i didn't but i just wanted to add that little bit in there too that they definitely did like a bait and switch kind of situation
1: yeah and if you have any more, like if you have a little bit more about this, like I haven't seen the documentary yet mm-hmm. um, or the episode, I think it was an episode of something, right? Maybe it was an episode. I don't know what it was, but continue, please. Yeah. So Schmitz's reaction to getting this letter was to go to the bank, get some money out, buy a shotgun mm-hmm. and go to Amager's home. He then confronted Amager, asking him if it was him who left the note, to which Amager responded with a smile. Schmitz then returned to his car, got the gun, and then came back to shoot amateur in the chest twice. Then Schmitz left, called 911, and confessed to the murder. Schmitz argued a gay panic defense, among other underlying mental health issues, as a cause for the violence. Luckily, the gay panic defense did not work, and Schmitz got 20 to 50 years. Mm -hmm. But he was released on parole in August of 2017. Amager's family went after the Jenny Jones show, suing them, the production company, and even Warner Brothers over the ambush tactics used on the show. They were awarded almost $30 million after a jury found them irresponsible and negligent. Mm -hmm. The show had created an unpredictable situation without any concern of the consequences. Yeah. So if you want to know more about this particular story, it's the subject of the first episode of the Netflix series, Trial by Media. That's what I watched. Okay, that's what I thought it was going to be. But it was also covered in a... HLN, which I think is headline news show called How It Really Happened in a season six episode titled The Jenny Jones Show Fatal Attraction.
0: Oh, I think I've seen that one, too.
1: Okay, (laughs) So that is the story of that.
0: It's such a very complicated. And I mean, it's
1: very sad. Yeah. So 1995 out bar in Ann Arbor opens out spelled A-U-T. I love that bar. Oh, I don't know that bar. I've only been there like once. Okay. And it's in that like Bronson Court over by like the, it's in Carrytown. Okay. Like kind of the market. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cute little area, but and it's still there. What? Carrytown is cute? Yeah. Shocking news. <laughs> 1986, then Governor John Engler signs a bill into law that bans same-sex marriage in Michigan. Also in 1996, Pronto opens in Royal Oak, which is still there oh, today. Yeah. And then in 1999, Ruth Ellis turns 100. Oh. So like I said, I got a lot of this from an exhibit and it Mm -hmm. was in 1999. So that's where the exhibit ends. But I decided to try and find some stuff that's happened since then.
0: Okay. Fantastic.
1: Yeah. This is an important one, Mm -hmm. which did not realize how important it was because I wrote these notes before Roe v. Wade was overturned. Oh. So 2003. Michigan's sodomy laws are invalidated by the Supreme Court's decision on the Lawrence v. Texas case. It was a landmark decision by the court to deem that criminal punishment for sodomy is unconstitutional. Okay. It's important to note that Roe v. Wade had a big part of this happening as Roe v. Wade affirms the right to privacy, which Mm -hmm. just got thrown out. Yeah. Basically, up until 2003, you could be criminally punished for sexual activity, case, for sodomy, basically, which, as we learned in part one, is defined as anal or oral. Yeah. Laws against what you do in your own fucking bedroom. Yep. So that's cool. Yeah. And if Clarence Thomas has his way, it'll be overturned. Mm. As he specifically called out, he wants to overturn that. He wants to overturn Hodge and Oberfeld, which is the marriage equality, and then there's some other one about contraceptives. But weirdly enough, he doesn't go after the one against interracial marriage because he's in an interracial marriage, I'm pretty sure his white wife is one of the capital stormers.
0: Oh, I didn't know that part. I knew the I, other things I didn't know. I'm not
1: completely sure about that last part. Don't quote me on it, but I feel like I heard that somewhere, but it's just garbage. I just, Hot garbage. Yeah,
0: I, I don't get I just I I can't wrap my brain around somebody wanting basically just to hurt populations of people because there's no benefit to it's to keep them down
1: is to keep them oppressed. I know.
0: I I guess like I know it but I can't like
1: what drives someone it. to yeah, like, like need that.
0: It doesn't make sense to me and me it's neither. very hard even though
1: You don't want to get fucked in the ass, don't get fucked in the ass. <laughs>
0: yeah. I feel like anal sex in general is really having a heyday right now. Yeah. Like, for all populations, like, it doesn't matter.
1: Yeah.
0: I've, or it's just talked about more. I think that's probably what it because actually is. Because sex in the
1: city, Samantha said, anal's on the menu. Exactly.
0: exactly. But that's a thing. It's talked about in movies and show, you know, and things yeah. like that. And, like, people are more open, I yeah. guess, about it. And, like you said, whatever somebody's doing in their bedroom, as long as you're not actually hurting somebody. Yeah. Or an animal. is up to you it doesn't matter but it's i don't know like i wonder if there will be more backlash from a larger population because it is kind of more
1: i sure hope discussed
0: or talked about or like
1: i heard a great line about kink shaming recently from pop the drag queen which i'll share now okay i don't support kink shaming less kink shaming is your kink (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah i thought that was funny (laughs)
0: But yeah, I don't know. There's so many other things you can do with your time and power. Right.
1: It doesn't make sense. Do something good. We have plenty of actual fucking problems. Yeah. Do something with
0: that. Yeah. Don't go after people. Right. Or I don't know. People are just trying
1: to fucking be.
0: Let's solve some more gun issues, please.
1: Yeah. I think Jane Fonda tweeted recently that let's redefine vaginas as AK-47s because then we can have rights. Oh, moving along, <laughs> 2003, then Governor Je- Jennifer, um, 2003, then, then Jennifer, Governor <laughs> Grant. Jenny from the Black? Jenny from the Black. Yeah.
0: She used to sign my paychecks when I worked at a state park, and I'd be like, oh, Jenny from the Black signed my paycheck. Thank I like you. Granholm. I do, too. Yeah. So
1: in 2003, Granholm, former Governor Jennifer Granholm. Issues an executive order prohibiting discrimination against LGBT people for employment at the state level public sector. Okay. So that's cool.
0: Yeah. Again, we we like Jenny from the block.
1: We stand it. <laughs> 2004, Michigan voters approved a constitutional amendment that banned same-sex marriages and civil unions. Mm. It passed with a 58.6% of the vote.
0: Oh, that's small. Like,
1: that's a small margin. Yeah. In 2005, Chris Kolb introduces legislation to include LGBT persons in the state's Elliot Larson Civil Rights Act. It did not pass. Oh. In 2007, Governor Granholm extends the order to include gender identity. Oh. Which is like really progressive at the time when you think about it. In 2012, a lesbian couple files a lawsuit challenging the ban on adoption by same-sex couples in order to jointly adopt their children. Mm. So at this time, there wasn't a specific ban on same-sex couples adopting, but there was a state statute that prohibits unmarried individuals from jointly adopting.
0: Okay. So basically, one person could adopt. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, this led to that marriage snafu that happened in 2014 when a U.S. District Judge, Bernard Friedman, ruled that the ban on same sex marriage was unconstitutional. Human garbage, and then Attorney General Bill Schwett, whose name might sound familiar as he lost the 2008 gubernatorial election and hopefully will not try to run again, Mm -hmm. then tried to keep his ruling that barred same-sex marriages. Mm. So basically, the district judge was like, no, that, that's unconstitutional. And Bill Schwab was like, no, I don't want them to have it. <laughs> and this is why it's important, because the, I vaguely remember this happening at the time, mm-hmm. but I don't, didn't remember the details. Yeah. So basically what happened is 2012, March 21st, Judge Friedman ruled the ban unconstitutional. March 22nd, which was a Saturday, 83 county clerks opened with special hours to issue more than 300 marriage licenses to same-sex couples. On March 25th, the state court was able to get rid of the federal court's ruling somehow. And once again, same-sex unions were no longer legal in the state of Michigan.
0: So tiny window.
1: Yeah. Like literally a day. Yeah. A Saturday. And so it was like, well, what happened to the people who got married in that brief window? On March 28th, the U.S. Attorney General Eric Holder announced that the federal government would recognize the marriages that were performed on the 22nd only.
0: Okay.
1: Luckily, it wasn't even a year later before same-sex marriage became legalized at the federal level on June 26th, 2015. Let's hope the monsters in government right now do not take that one away from us. Yeah. Or the custom tree ruling.
0: It should have never had to have been a thing. Like, it's just wild that... I
1: hate that Clarence Thomas's thing is like, well, it wasn't written in the Constitution. Yeah. The Constitution was written, like, 200-something years ago. Yeah. So it doesn't say anything about fucking cell phones, computers, or, like, plenty of things that we have laws and regulations on. But nope, it wasn't in the Constitution. So, fuck off.
0: Well, and... Also that's like the whole point of amendments. Yeah. Is that the constitution was a, a starting plan, I guess.
1: Right. And sometimes you need to reevaluate those plans, especially when it's been over 250 years. It's not a perfect fucking document. No, nothing could be. No. I would never want to In fact, know. we know it wasn't a perfect document yeah. cuz like they released a bill of rights not long after of like, well, here's some things we forgot to put in it.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Also, just like people forget that marriage comes with legal benefits and protections as well as makes people eligible for benefits and health insurance as Mm -hmm. well as like cases where people, their partner of many years was in the hospital. But, oh, you're not. Yeah. You're not technically family, so you can't see them. Yeah. So just kind of more reasons why it's not just a piece of paper.
0: No, it's no. Yeah. There's a lot of levels to it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. In fact, in 2011, a law was passed that banned most public employers, excluding colleges and universities, from offering health benefits to domestic partners of employees in same-sex relationships.
0: Mm. Banning. Yeah, that's the opposite of where we want to be.
1: It got done away with in 2014 when U.S. District Judge David M. Lawson ruled that Michigan's restrictions on domestic partnership benefits were not related to legitimate government purposes. Purpose. Which, duh. Yeah. None of the, like, a lot of the, like, uh, sorry. No, no, no. It, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, 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 I think that's such a good point where, like, what the fuck does this have to do with government? doesn't. Yeah. You're just like being a dick. You're yeah. Just trying to tell people, yeah. like, yeah. So now we're in 2018. After LGBT discrimination protections were voted down 11 times, LGBT activists went to the Michigan Civil Rights Commission asking for them to declare the sexual orientation and gender identity be protected as a form of sex discrimination. The commission voted 5-0 to on this, which effectively means that both types of discrimination are now illegal, but they are still not explicitly listed in the act. Re-enter human garbage Bill Schwet. He carried against the decision, saying that the commission overstepped their authority. He said the decision was quote invalid because it conflicts with the original intent of the legislator as expressed in the plain language of the state's civil rights law. The commission was like, yeah, cool, whatever. We stand by our decision. You wastrel of a man. So then, the Department of Civil Rights stepped in and headed the following to say, quote, the Michigan Civil Rights Commission is an independent, constitutionally created and established body the commission is not bound by the opinion of the attorney general. The only resource is for the courts to determine if issuing the interpretive statement was within the scope of the commission's authority, and that is a, the appropriate venue for resolving this issue. Basically, TLDR, eat shit, Bill Schwett. Yeah. And the free press was basically like, fuck you to Schwett, that's straight up bigotry, and also condemned Schwett's association with Trump. Good for
0: them.
1: Yeah. So again, if Bill Schwetz on the ballot, just cross it out. Yeah. Don't even... <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's get out of here. So 2019, a Michigan judge allowed discrimination against LGBT individuals adopting children from adoption agencies on the ground of, quote, fundamental religious beliefs and freedoms. 2019, Governor Whitmer issued an executive order expanding sexual orientation and gender identity protection for all areas of state government employment. Oh. In 2019, Huntington Woods bans conversion therapy, which was followed in 2020 by Madison Heights and Royal Oak. There is still no statewide ban on the practice, but in 2021, Governor Whitmer signed an executive order that bans statewide taxpayer money from going towards conversion therapy. So okay. she couldn't ban it outright, right, but yeah. she's like, you will not be using my taxpayer dollars yeah. for this. Not on today. Yeah. Not so- on my watch. <laughs> Big Gretch looking out for us. I mm-hmm. also
0: love her. Oh,
1: I do. Mm-hmm. I hope she wins the election again. Mm-hmm. Uh, So in 2020, court ruling legally allows businesses in Michigan to discriminate against LGBT people. So that's fun. Yay. So currently in the state of Michigan, it is legal to discriminate against LGBT people.
0: That's so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> like...
1: But uh, so Attorney General Dana Nessel is apparently appealing the court's ruling currently. Okay. Uh, in
0: 2021,
1: a 1978 law is shut down that made sexual reassignment surgery necessary to change the sex on one's birth certificate. So that's good. Oh, okay. So basically, I, I like, had to
0: process that for yeah, a second. Yeah,
1: no, for sure. Um, no, that is good. Yeah. Also in 2021, state driver's license started offering the gender of X instead of just MRF.
0: Oh, that's good, too. Yeah. yeah.
1: So I just want to end with some things that are still amiss in the Mitten State. Mm-hmm. There are no legal protections to ensure IVF for lesbians. Gay and trans panic defenses are still allowed in Michigan courts. While data really? collection, Yeah. Yep. <laughs> While data collection is happening for hate crimes on the basis of sexual orientation, there are no laws on the books about it. Uh, And men who have sex with other men are still not allowed to give blood. Apparently in 2020, a federal policy bypassed this, as I imagine they just needed blood. Which Uh, that one is still so stupid, because they test the blood.
0: I was going to say, they have to test the blood.
1: Yeah. So they're just like cutting off a whole sect of the population that could donate blood, but... That's so dumb. Yeah.
0: That's so dumb.
1: Yeah. So, real quick, my sources... Wikipedia, Journal of Criminal Law and Criminology, Our Detroit, MurderMostQueer.com, APNews.com, obituaries from the Michigan LGBTQ Remembers website, an article from Metro, LA Times, Pride Source, Michigan's LGBT Heritage Exhibit courtesy of the U of M Libraries online exhibits, the Ann Arbor District Library website, Vintage Ann Arbor on Tumblr, Kalamazoo news article courtesy of Central Michigan University's digital newspaper collection, com, and Pride Source Again, I don't know why I said them twice. That's
0: okay. They gave you really good information.
1: They did. So that is part three. And that brings us to the end of the story. And I really want to focus on those last couple items I brought that, you know, people think Marriage equality happened. The fight is over. It is very far from over. In fact, it's probably only going to get worse Mm -hmm. in the future, near future. So there was a lot of sad stories in this and a lot of just bullshit. So while it wasn't fun, I think it's necessary. We need to talk about it. And just, I think more people need to be informed. I think there's so many people who this just doesn't affect personally. And Mm so they're like oh whatever
0: there's all these areas that are different or separate from one another but also overlap and a lot of things happening right now right now especially yeah. that affect basically everybody in some way even if they yeah. don't know it cuz people should be able to be people yeah and when you take those things away and you take their rights to choose their personal life for them
1: mhm does that sound like freedom to you that not the people our country's apparently built on that people die fighting for? Do you think that's freedom?
0: I don't know where I heard this, but I heard or saw this somewhere recently. And it was freedom is caring about other people. Mm-hmm. And when you stop caring about other people, that's not freedom. There's no freedom in that. Yeah. You know? it's really hard because there is so much going on right now, but it is important to be informed and such as well. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of organizations and a lot of uh, spaces, um, a lot of things you can sign.
1: And not only vote, but vote consciously research the candidates and yeah. see where they stand on the issues.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, I mean, it's all interconnected. I I do think that there's connections between a lot of the things, you know? Yeah. Um. Cause it just, it starts with the Roe v. Wade and then the, then what's attacked next?
1: Right. Uh, like that old poem of like, they came for them and I did nothing. And they came for the other people and I did nothing. And when they came for me, there was nobody left.
0: Yeah. It was very Ooh. bridged. but it, No, no, no. But that's that's exactly what I'm trying to yeah. say which, much yeah. more yeah. concisely than what I'm saying. A lot of things have been fought for. And like you said, just because something is there doesn't mean it's permanent. Yeah. And that's scary as hell.
1: It sure is.
0: But there are things you can do about it.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, Vote. if you see petitions around for things mm-hmm. relating to this, I know mm-hmm. there's one going around for reproductive the, I rights. I was gonna say
0: that there is one for that, but you have to sign it in person. Yeah. Um I know Mama Coos in Corktown has it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. So just talk to people, be aware.
1: Yeah. And there's um, organizations you can support too, like HRC is a great one fighting for legal protections. Mm-hmm. ones ACLU ACLU as well yes Mm -hmm. but yeah no I'm gonna actually look up some that are more specific to the state of Michigan and have them for next week
0: okay yeah that'd be great yeah um I will try to add to that as well
1: yeah yeah
0: but yeah we love you all
1: (laughs) yeah so that wraps up the LGBTQ history in Michigan thus far
0: uh well thank you for doing that and doing all that research that was a ton
1: it was and but i enjoyed doing it and learning because i learned so many interesting things Mm -hmm. and unfortunately a lot of unfortunate things but at least now i know and i was able to disseminate some of this information
0: yeah i know um i don't know how to pivot away from that uh because that was
1: let's just take a breath very meaningful everyone listening take a deep breath let's all breathe in Because it is very important to breathe. Yes, that's. Which sounds stupid sometimes. It's like, of course you have to breathe. It's part of living. But no, like a deep breath to stop for a moment and just recenter on what is happening right now. It
0: can change everything. Yeah. A really good deep breath.
1: Yeah. That's why
0: my watch reminds me to do it. Although I never do it when my watch reminds me to do it. But I do, do it other times. It At least puts it in your mind. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But couldn't agree more. Yeah. And on that note.
1: Yeah. Do you want to play a game? I sure would. Okay. Let's lighten it up a bit.
0: So last week I talked about curse books. Yeah. This week we're going to talk cursed objects. All right. Because I'm on that
1: train. You're on the curse train. Yeah, I'm
0: on the curse train.
1: Pulling off the wheels of a cursed train.
0: Eh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That was my guitar noise. Yeah. Apparently. Yes. Was it good? Uh, Anyway. So this all came from mental floss.
1: We love a mental floss. We do.
0: So I'm going to read you three names of three objects. Which one isn't? Okay. Object number one, the crying boy painting. Okay. Object number two, the Bassano vase. Object number three, the Cartagena box. Hmm.
1: Hmm. with number two, the Sano vase.
0: That one is real. Okay. So a little bit about it. It is a silver vase made in the 15th century, given to a bride on the eve of her wedding. Okay. And this was in um, Napoleon, Italy.
1: Mm.
0: But she never made it to the altar as she was murdered with the vase in her hands. Damn. It was then passed down to her family line, but everyone who owned it died soon after. The family boxed it away eventually. Mm. It resurfaced in 1988 with a note that read, quote, Beware, this vase brings death. It was then auctioned for $2,250 without the note being in the description. The note
1: seems to be a crucial part Mm -hmm. of that vase.
0: Well, it probably was because the pharmacist who bought it died three months later. Shit. And three more deaths of new owners followed it until it went dormant and the family demanded the police take it away.
1: Probably a good move. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so we've got two left. Would you like me to read their names again?
1: I'm going to go with the Crying Boy painting next.
0: That one is also real. Damn. So, pop- <laughs> Okay.
1: I okay. did good. Yeah.
0: It was a popular 1950s reproduction of Bruto Amadio's The Crying Boy. Uh-huh. And the superstition is that this image causes fires. And this may have started when an article ran on September 4th, 1985 in the publication, The Sun. Uh-huh. Uh, which, if you don't know, is like a... Tabloid. Yeah. uh Yeah. That kind of thing. like National
1: Enquirer kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Is that what that's called? National Enquirer? Inquirer? Right. Inquire? I don't know. I think Inquirer. I don't know. Yeah. A house burned, but that painting or print of that painting inside did not. It was like the only Weird. thing not. And a firefighter on the scene noted that he knew of other fires the same thing had happened. Yeah. And where the crying boy painting print was fine, but the house burned. Yeah. So the Cartagena box uh, was completely made up by me. Okay. I used a word generator or a city generator.
1: Uh fun. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I do have a couple more though.
1: Okay. Let's lay it on me. Some
0: of them are a little bit more well-known. You're going to be like, "Mm." Uh So there's also the Hope Diamond. Heard of her. Yes. And it is believed to have surfaced 1.1 billion years ago, is estimated to be worth 200 to 250 million dollars. Because it is forty five point five two carats diamond, A big old diamond. Yes, uh, and probably now British
1: Crown British Crown jewels, right?
0: No, well, now it sits in the Smithsonian Natural History Museum. Gotcha. It has been passed around though, but the curse is basically that great misfortune and misery will come to anybody who wears it. Uh huh. And this is probably because rumored victims have suffered things like, and it actually lists this, disgrace, okay, divorce. Suicide, imprisonment, torture, financial ruin, uh, lynching. So some of these are actually very bad. Uh, Decapitation. And also, these are the two worst ones. Not two worst, but two most graphic ones. Yeah. Being ripped apart by dogs. Shit. And another one was ripped apart by a French mob.
1: Very specific, but shit.
0: Mm -hmm. However, these are rumored things too. And some people think that this was a ploy to kind of like
1: Draw Add interest. to it, yeah. yeah. Mystique. intrigue. Mm-hmm.
0: So the next one up is the Hands Resist Him painting. Okay. And this is a painting of a young boy and a female doll standing in front of a window painted by California artist Bill Stonham in 1972. It belonged to actor John Marley, and it was eventually sold on eBay in 2000 with claims of being cursed. Mm-hmm. You see, the anonymous seller said it, he found it behind an old brewery and then after he took it home, his young daughter started to see figures in the painting move at night and sometimes step out of the frame and cause chaos in their home. That's they posted spooky. a photo as proof. However, when I clicked on the link, it was a dead link. Ooh. The story brought the bid up to $1,025 for this uh, thing he found in the garbage, yeah. supposedly. Um, next one, the terracotta army. Okay, I was going to say, you've probably heard, heard of her, this. I yeah, uh, In 1974, seven peasant farmers in China were digging for a well in their village and they uncovered the 2,200-year-old Terracotta Army. Uh-huh. And that's basically 8,000 detailed sculptures of soldiers uh, that had been buried as part of a grand tomb. Mm-hmm. This brought in many people like archaeologists and all sorts of people to view it. Uh, but it is also said that it brought... Misery to those who found it. So the seven peasant farmers. The Chinese government basically claimed their land and destroyed their homes to unearth the tomb, ruining most of the local villages. Mm -hmm. Painful deaths followed three of the seven who found it. Dang. But of the survivors, it was also um, common. One of the survivors also commented on the fact that they didn't have health care or money for health care either. Yeah. Yeah, but some people do think it's cursed.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, going in the reign of tombs, we're going to go to Tut's tomb. Okay. So, King Tutankhamun. Yep. 19 year old pharaoh. Mm-hmm. And this is his burial spot. It said all who enter for any reasons are struck with bad luck, illness, or death because of the curse of the pharaohs. Mm-hmm. This curse is believed to predate the 1922 Howard Carter expedition, uh, where he went to go find the tomb. Mm-hmm. But his expedition actually kind of may have fueled the whole curse. The first to die in this expedition may have been Carter's canary, who was leading him to the location. Bad Oban. Mm -hmm. Some say that it was eaten by a cobra, which is a symbol of Egyptian royalty, by the way. Uh Others think it was given to a friend, though. Okay. So, yeah. Soon after the expedition, Carter's financial backer, Lord Carnivon, died from an infected mosquito bite. Oof. And 20 more deaths would be blamed on the curse by 1935. So in like a 13-year span. Yeah. Skeptics think it to be coincidence or maybe a deadly fungus, though, within the tomb. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the other one is Iceman. Or another one up? is Iceman. <laughs> well, another, this is another mummy, uh-huh. uh, but not an Egyptian one. And this mummy's name is Otsi a.k.a. Iceman, and it was discovered September 1991 in the Otsil Alps region in Italy, and it's a mummy of a man from probably about 3,300 Mm -hmm. B.C. Basically, a glacier surrounded him after he died from the elements and preserved his body. Mm -hmm. When on Earth, rumors of a curse did as well. The people linked it to this discovery basically began to die, often in violent accidents. So seven deaths have been tied to Otzi's uprooting, including forensic paleontologist Rainer Hen, who was killed in a car accident on his way to give a speech about Otzi.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mountaineer Kurt Fritz, who died in an avalanche and hiker Helmut Simon, who discovered the Iceman while hiking was with his, with his wife. Helmut, he died falling off of a treacherous path. Yikes. Yeah. Next one is James Dean's Little Bastard. So Jimmy Dean.
1: Jimmy Dean. For you. That was uh, the reminder. It was reminding you to watch that.
0: Oh, yes. You okay. were supposed to remind me to watch that. Yes. Okay.
1: So I got one. I don't okay. know if there was two or I just picked, imagined the second one, but that was the one.
0: Yes. I remember that now. Yeah. Uh, so James Dean, he called his silver Porsche, Porsche 550 Spider, And this was the car he died in in 1955. Mm. The vehicle was later purchased by hot rod designer George Barris, who wanted to sell it for parts. But then the car actually fell and crushed the mechanic's legs that was working on it. As parts were being sold, the curse is said to have spread as well.
1: Oh, yeah. That just.
0: Uh Uh-huh. A doctor who bought the engine was killed in a car accident. Another man who bought the transmission was severely injured in a car crash. The tires blew out simultaneously, sending their owner to the hospital. And while the body of the car was being transported by a truck carrying it, uh, the truck crashed, killing the driver. The body was then stolen and its location is unknown now.
1: My God. Yeah.
0: And last but not least, the cursed phone number 359 888
1: 8888. I was half to, like 8675
0: 309. 309. <laughs> I, should, I should have done that. Uh, but basically, anyone who has had this number since it was first issued in the early 2000s has died. A CEO of Bulgarian mobile phone company died of cancer and one mafia boss was gunned down and one cocaine dealing estate agent, which is such a specific thing, uh, also gunned down. They were all within four years of one another and the number has since been suspended and the company that owns it won't say why. That was just like weird. I almost cut it, but I was like, this is too weird. Yeah. Yeah. these things just interest me because I'm not sure that I necessarily like always prescribe or anything yeah. like that. And I, I, I see how it spreads Yeah, quite easily, but interested in those stories. And some of them are weird. The James Dean
1: car yeah. one is
0: super weird to me out of all of them, probably mm-hmm. one of the more. And then that painting one with the painting never burning is bizarre, yeah, too. Yeah, that is. So uh, don't buy cursed objects. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, thank you for that. Mm-hmm. And I think that brings us to the end of this episode.
0: Yeah, I believe as well, because we're wrapped.
1: Wrapped like a cursed object that you shouldn't buy.
0: Yeah, from eBay. Yeah, that's where you buy them now these <laughs> nowadays.
1: Yeah, I buy too many things on eBay. <laughs> Well, if you want to follow us on our social media at Detroit Strange on Instagram and Twitter, Detroit Strange on Facebook, and our email address, DetroitStrange at gmail.com. If you want to
0: support the show, we would love a five-star review. Uh, If you write one, we might read it. Yeah. And by might, I mean will. Yeah. And we've also got our Patreon and we've also got our Threadless shop. Yeah. I think...
1: Until next time. Stay stay strange. strange.
0: This has been a production of Planet Ant Podcast powered by Pinecast. Our theme song was recorded by Detroit's own Stacks and Violence.
1: Detroit
0: Strange. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Very wrong because it's not how you should handle things. And obviously he had his own kind of stuff going on that he wasn't dealing with. Yeah. And, you know, (laughs) I don't know.
1: It's a gross bug. There it is. Where is it? Where is it's it? Where over is it? there, by my nervous thing. Let me get a shoe. Oh, <laughs> Why? I'm just trying. Is it still
0: there? I don't see it at all, but I'm scared
1: to get off I this chair. I see it. Chair. I see it. I see it. Oh, is it that? That's a bug. Yeah.
0: Oh, she dead.
1: Yeah, he real dead. All right, I'm just sure gonna wear these
0: episode. How has this never happened until recently? I don't know. We've I think been it's recording I down the here. Bug
1: guy. <laughs> okay.
0: I like literally thought a ghost was in here or a murderer.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Like I was like.
1: Yeah, I hate bugs. I hate them so much.
0: I mean they have their purposes. I don't want to share space with them.
1: Yeah. Okay, wait. wait. So I don't know where we were. (laughs) I know where we are. Okay.